This is the inaugural episode of the Count on Basket Podcast, podcast where we cover basketball and hockey. I am your host, Adam Hess, and with me as always, Detroit Red Wings super fan, Mike Slim Fatman Regan. Mike Slim Fatman Regan, how you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm glad to hear that you're already starting with your lies and propaganda. You're not, they don't call you Slim Fatman? They do not. They call me Bald Bitchman. Jesus Christ. I'm not sure what it means, though. I haven't been able to crack the code on that nickname yet. What you been getting into this weekend so far, Mike? Well, the weekend just started, so. It's the second day of the weekend. I got into some breakfast for you, maybe. Some of us have to work overnight to save America. From? I don't know. I don't know. Whatever goes into the vial. People have no idea what I'm talking about. No, because people don't know what your job is. And they never will know. Damn. My job is being one of the lead personalities of the hottest up-and-coming sports website since ESPN.com. That's my job. Anyways, uh, yeah, so this is the inaugural basket episode. We cover basketball and hockey. And, Mike, you know what I realized this morning about the name of this podcast? What? Uh, we call it Baski, and then for some reason we're starting with NHL. It feels kind of backwards. I feel like that sums up what attracts for us <laughs> i feel like we should call it like hockett 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 doesn't sound good <laughs> it sounds too much like nathaniel hackett i don't like that that that, that is the concern people are gonna <laughs> sit down to listen to their favorite nathaniel hackett based podcast and instead get people talking about hockey and basketball all right it took us two minutes to start talking about a sport that is not a part of this podcast <laughs> so the general plan, we'll see how it goes, is we're going to spend 45 minutes on hockey and then 42 minutes on basketball today. Seeing as how I've done a few of these with, uh, with Mike Fatman Slim, what was your nickname I gave you earlier? Fat, Fat Slim, Fat Slim Regans? I think it was like Slim Fatman or something. <laughs> Mike Slim Fatman Regans. Uh, we almost never hit our minute total as intended. So I'm not hopeful that this will be an hour and a half podcast, I'm starting to think it'll probably be closer to two hours, especially because say, Mike's killing all this time talking about Nathaniel Hackett. I was going to say, you're, you're wrong. We always hit our intended time. We just go way over it. <laughs> With that, our first segment today, talking about the NHL, one season, one season, one week into the 2023-2024 season. Side note, 2024 does not sound like a real year. There's no way it's about to be 2024, right? Like, we got to do, like, 2023 two more times before we get there. Dude, just wait. You have something wild in store a couple of years from now. <laughs> 2025. <laughs> so I'll open this up. We each came up with three talking points, just three ideas. It's kind of like the hit Elliot Friedman podcast, but condensed, more efficient. So we've each come with three thoughts about three teams. Or from Mike's list here, cheated and came up with four teams. No, 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 no. Because you just said three things. You didn't say three teams. So I'm looking at the rundown right now, and it You're says changing teams. it. You're changing no, it. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so I'll open it up here. Talking about the Chicago Blackhawks. Now, Mike, did you know the Chicago Blackhawks had the number one overall pick in the last year? I vaguely heard something about this. Yeah, and you might have not known this, but they took this player named Connor Bedard. Hmm. He's a Canadian, 
born in no Northern Ontario City. So Blackhawks are two and three with wins over Toronto and Pittsburgh. And I can't believe what I have become because we've spent years mocking Vince McMahon for this exact thing. But I got to say about Connor Bedard, mm -hmm. might be a little too small. Oh my God. We've had this argument before on the, the NHL Futures pod. I, uh, a tet. I've watched every, every Chicago game so far. And Connor Bedard does a lot of things really well. He does work the middle of the ice really well. He loves to do this little backhand flick pass to a player that's trailing him. He's currently third in shot attempts on the team, despite playing center. 2.4 expected goals, one goal, three points. Uh, his only goal was a wraparound snuck behind Linus Olmark. Linus the penis, as you like to call him. But he, like, on the boards, he just gets fucking bullied off the puck, man. I mean, he's like, he's like 5'11", 5'10", soaking wet, he might be 195. And there's just, like, like, they were playing Boston, and every single player on Boston can shove him off the puck. Somehow, in the 82-game season, you're giving Connor Bedard less time to impress you than, like, an NFL quarterback rookie QB gets, which is an amazingly small amount of time. How dare you I, accuse me of that? I was out on Bryce Young before the season began, so I at true. least gave Bedard five games. 5'11", 175. That's Jack Hughes. You think he's too small? You got a problem with Jack Hughes as well? Jack Hughes doesn't try to play in the middle of the ice. Yeah, he does. Never been there. Never, ever been there. <laughs> Never I, I, just, I just saw him score a game winner last night from the middle of the... Exactly, because uh, he's not too small. No. Bedard is not too small. He's also very young. He will get bigger. He already has shown that he processes the game at a speed that many hockey players do not. Like, he just has it so much above the shoulders. And on top of that, his quick release is a thing of fucking beauty. Plus, he can skate like McDavid. And the puck leaves his stick just so fast. I, I, I love Bedard, and I don't know why you're so hung up on his size. He, he skates like McDavid if McDavid was half a McDavid. I think you're overestimating here. Okay, McDavid's a little bigger. He's 6'1", 193. Yeah, Got a couple, a couple inches on him. Bedard's also 18, though. He will grow. He is not done yet. So, uh, is he going to get taller? He doesn't have to get taller. It's hockey! <laughs> he can't see over the middle of the field. He's not trying to play starting forward for the Utah Jazz. All right? Oh my god. You remember that TV show Wife Swap? Oh yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't it be kind of fun to do that with basketball and hockey? Why the I mean I think I think Tage would do okay. Like yeah, he would. <laughs> just I mean Tage Giannis, that's just cheating. That's just the same guy. Oh, I kinda of want to see that in some sort of like celebrity two on two tourney now. But I was thinking like Walker Kessler off the Utah Jazz mm -hmm. for Connor Bedard, who performs better in the other sport. Yeah, I'd like, I'd like to see Kessler on skates. So, uh, you know, size queen stuff aside, mm -hmm. Bedard hasn't, like, lived up to expectations yet, but it's five games in, right? Like, he's been very good, like, above the level a rookie should be. He's, like you said, he's processing the game well, he's moving the puck well, he's playing in the middle of the ice and getting bullied off the puck sometimes. He loves, loves, like I brought it up earlier, that little backhand pass that he does. Mm -hmm. He just flicks it behind him to, like, whoever's trailing. Like, the guy has definitely a sixth sense for where everyone is on the ice at any given point. Just, you know, a little concerned about the size. Just, like, 
who's the shortest or smallest guy to win the heart? Like last twenty years, it comes to mind. I mean, I'd have to look it up. I, I mean, like Taylor Hall. Yeah, McDavid might be up there. I mean, he's six one, so I guess maybe not. I'd have to. I'd have to do a little research on that. I can get back to you in a couple weeks. Couple weeks. Yeah, I have to do a lot of time. To, it, I got to run it through the algorithm. Okay. For those of you at home that don't know this, Mike calls his penis the algorithm. I mean, that that really popped me. I don't have a, uh, a comeback for it. So. All right, let me just finish talking about the Blackhawks here real quick then. Yeah. The goaltending has been unreal to start the season. I mean, they're still two and three. The team's not good, right? Like, that's plainly something that we need to accept is that the team is not going to be good this season. And and maybe for a few seasons as they're they're kind of building up the team. But the, uh, the goaltending has been, like, low-key kind of good. Mm-hmm. They are... Uh, Soderblom's currently second in the league in goal saved above expected. With 6.6 and two starts. Mrazic is 14th with 1.9 goals saved above expected. They're not getting blown out of these games. They're kind of sticking in them. And a big part of that's just that, I mean, watching the game, you know, us real tape heads who watch the game. Soderblom's just been outrageous. Um, I like some of their other players. I like um, Wyatt Kaiser. I like Korchinski. Some of their, like, depth defensive pieces. I think there's some future there. And... As much as people bitch and moan about it, I personally have been quietly enjoying the old man line with Nick Foligno and Corey Perry. Perry's Perry had a game-winning goal for their first win of the season. You know? Every time yeah, Foligno's out there, he's just looking grumpy. It's a lot of fun. I like the old man line. Yeah, I didn't mean to try to cut you off. I was going to say, Perry's been playing good. I do agree with some of the pieces you pointed out. Like, If, if you're a Blackhawks fan, you know this isn't going to be a year stuffed with dubs. But you have to be optimistic to be like, all right, we got the franchise center in Bedard. We got what could be our stud defenseman for the future in Korchinski. I really like Korchinski. And then with the way that uh, Soderblom's playing to start the year, that's another good sign. You got the pieces to build the uh, hopeful eventual boat years and years down the line. Let me ask you this, Mike, and mm-hmm. then we'll move on from the Blackhawks. But uh, who do you think leads the Blackhawks in shot attempts per 60? Taylor Hall. No, not even close. I have uh, the top Ra- three written down. I'll give you two more guesses. Ryan Donato. No. <laughs> oh. Is it Corey Perry? No. Wait, one more. <laughs> Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson is third. Okay. okay. Tyler Johnson has 16.73 shot attempts per 60. Number two, our tidy king, Connor Bedard, 20.68 shot attempts per 60. And number one, Andreas Athanasiu. 22.53 shot attempts per 60. So I was hoping he was going to be one because I wanted to see if you would pronounce his name right. And I'm pretty sure you nailed it. Buddy, I've been watching the fuck out of some Blackhawks. That's true. The local market. One more thing I do want to say about the Blackhawks is keep an eye on Bedard as far as he's in that learning phase of figuring out what he could do in the juniors that he can't do in the NHL and he will find different ways to get around it. And I think by midseason, you're going to be Wearing a Bedard jersey every day. It will smell terrible because you have never day. washed it. Every day. All right, Mike, you want to give me your first of your 32 thoughts? <laughs> We're going to be here a while. Uh, yeah. So the first one is going to be a little victory lap for me. Because I said it when we were talking about the... Uh, didn't mention it. Think I can't remember if I brought it up in the, the Futures pod, but I did have it in our little Letter Kenny quote article for Stanley Cup teams that 
people are not giving Vegas enough credit going into the season and not taking them as serious as they should as defending champs. A perfect 5-0. and They lead the league in 5-on-5 five five on scoring chances for, high danger uh, chances for. They're second in expected goals and goals for. I did one of those things where I wrote an abbreviation, and I was like, I'll remember what that means. Nope. <laughs> What's um, the abbreviation? PF. Points for? No, that can't be right. <laughs> no. It's, the number's 52. <laughs> Interesting. It could be total <laughs> points for for the team. No, that doesn't seem right. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Uh, Barbashev, Eichel, Marshy. Line has been hot, hot, hot. Eichel's come out looking like he did in the playoffs. Kind of dorky? I, yeah. Well, I mean, the hair is always going to be something he's going to have to work through his whole life. But yeah, that line leads the league in expected goals for. Tied first in unblocked shot attempts, which is like a weird stat. Then when I saw it, stood out to me as impressive. They get into the right spots on the ice to get those shots by defenders. I love fucking, I love me some William Carlson, dude. The man should have won the Conn Smythe. It is so nice to have a center like that. It, it reminds me of Yanni Gord on the Lightning. You just got like the stud center to be on your bottom six, and you can just like lead a line no matter what. Like they've been through five games. It feels like almost every game he's on either the four, third or the fourth, and he's got different wingers with him. And he's like, it's cool. I got it. Like, I'm going to make it work. I love me some Wild Bill Carlson. And then we have to talk about their two-headed monster they have going in the net right now, which has been wild. Aiden Hill picking up where he left off. Really happy to see Logan Thompson bounce back after the way things went down the stretch of that season. Who knew Aiden Hill was just going to get unlocked one day? Yeah. I mean, coming out of the playoffs, there was two goalies who... People were like, whoa, where'd that come from? One was Aiden Hill. The other was Stuart Skinner. And I think we'll get to him in a moment. Uh, yeah, I, I do worry. If the goal, if the goaltending starts to regress, it will force Vegas to play different. Because right now, I feel like they're playing pretty loose. Uh, really moving. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, if a team goes small ball in basketball and starts pushing up the tempo, you're going to have to live with the fact that means you're going to have some breaks going the other way. And it's kind of the same thing right now with Vegas. There's all, they're also getting a lot of high-danger chances, et cetera, sent back at them, but they're overpowering on their end right now. Right now, I'm calling it. Vegas has one contender, one competition to them, and it's Colorado Avalanche. The if Avalanche looks so good. I, hold on. I forgot to turn off my window AC unit. So we're back. I had to go turn off my window AC unit. Uh, yeah, I, I, the Avs are probably the only contender that I'm really scared of if I'm Vegas right now. We'll see how the season evolves, you know. Mm -hmm. 82 game season and all that. But they have five players that are at point of game right now. You're right. Just watching them live. It's they're playing very loose with it, but they're not like playing up to the potential of the Bruce Cassidy system. Like they're letting in high danger. They're letting high danger shot attempts happen. And that's like the opposite of the whole Bruce Cassidy thing where, you know, once push comes to shove, they're going to do what they did against Winnipeg in that, that first round series where they're just going to lock everyone out of the slot and the points and bully everyone off of their, their opportunity to screen and tip. And they'll let you take whatever shots you want from the blue line and whatever shots you want from that weird angle right outside the trapezoid. But you're going you're gonna to have to fight and claw to get anything high danger when push comes to shove. Yeah, when it comes to... That's why even if the goaltending starts to regress, I think you'll just see Bruce Cassidy be like, all right, we're going to go ahead and lock this up, boys. All right, let's, let's, it was fun. We were feeling cocky. We were cup champs, so we came out and we're slinging it and flying around. But time to get serious, okay? And 
two more shout outs. Another player I love. Everybody loves Mark Stone, right? You love Mark Stone. Who doesn't love Mark Stone? The fucking captain, dude. Leads the team. I, I remember his numbers in the playoffs on like his takeaway numbers were unreal. And he's already started that. 12 takeaways on the season. Uh, I think he only has like four giveaways. Six block shots getting down there doing the dirty work. And you know what else shocked me about that number? What? Jack Eichel's gotten down in block six shots. That's what he was known for when he came out in the draft. That was not what he was known for. They called him Jackal the Shot Blocker Eichel. I called him Jackal, which is a way cooler nickname than the Shot Blocker. That was definitely not, but I didn't think I'd love this night team so much due to personal biases. After the you Eichel have always coma. hated Shea Theodore, so I have. I've said that. I challenged him for years. Shea Theodore, come out and face me, you coward. But I was falling in love with this Knights team, and I think they did not get enough credit in the betting odds to repeat as Cup champs and to win the West. One last thing related to the Avs, as I mentioned them. Who would have guessed a week and a half into the season? Alexander Georgiev leading the league at goals saved above expected at 7.6. I can't tell you what the Avs defensive system is, but just every fucking year, they could plug you or I back there and they would be fine. Stick me with Makar and I think it would still work. We'd be fine. <laughs> he would like just park me right behind the blue line. He Don't move. You stay here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You just and, get hit in the chest with a puck. Macar recovers it. And he goes, nice job. Yeah. If someone comes your way, throw your body at them and that will slow them down enough so I can catch up. You got it. But I had two points I wanted to ask you on Vegas. First, can I get your Mark Stone cross sport comparison? Ooh. Mark Stone cross sport comparison. Because of the type of sport, my mind immediately goes basketball. I want to say Kawhi Leonard. Because he doesn't play a lot of games? <laughs> Last year he didn't. They gave, they, he did the old koozie. Uh, and yeah, I, I kind of like Don't that. Don't you mean Kuchi? You know? Oh yeah, Kucherov, not Kuznetsov. <laughs> Sorry. All these damn Russians. Uh, oh God, does this, this podcast go out in Russia? No, just Ukraine. Oh, okay, good. Oh, numbers just flew up. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like that. He's strong two-way. He can put up the offense like when asked to. He showed that. I, I, th- I think that's a pretty good comparison. He's, he's not super old, but, you know, he's in his 30s. Bobby Trees. Oh, I like that. Just old, reliable. Old, reliable. <laughs> does the dirty work. Yep. Shows up with a young team around him and just fucking performs. You you want to you want to do a little end around maybe a little outside run he's gonna throw that crack block he's there he's yeah. ready to go he's gonna cut back take the head off of your outside linebacker mm-hmm. uh, the other thing I, I wanted to point out is Vegas is still getting disrespected in the Stanley Cup odds five and zero oh, looked utter dominant still plus eleven hundred fifth or sixth team on the list oh fifth or sixth they're still behind the Oilers oh uh, well, I think that's your next team and I'm ready to just turn the flamethrowers on. Well, that's a, a, about as good of a segue as we're going to get here. Mm-hmm. Is it too early to be concerned about the Oilers? No. One in three. Seven goal loss to Vancouver to open the season. And then three goal loss to Philly on Thursday. That is the Philadelphia Flyers that they lost to. Not the Phillies, who are currently bound for the... Are they bound for the World Cup? World Cup? Stanley Cup? What's it called? World Series. Are you asking me about baseball? Sorry, we're talking about, uh, we're talking about baseball. We're on basket, and we're talking about <laughs> baseball. 
<laughs> Talk Go about ahead. baseball. 48.57 expected goals percentage, which is, I believe, the first time in the Dreisaitl McDavid era where their expected goals percentage would have ended up under 50%. Minus five goal differential. And the goaltending? The goaltending, Mike. Mike, the goaltending. <laughs> the goaltending. It's been so bad. So Stuart funny. Skinner is last in the league in goals saved over expected. This guy played in a goddamn all-star game. And you know how hard it is to get, get into an all-star game, Mike? Not every team gets a player in an all-star game. I think all really? voters... Really? going to move on past that? I'm sorry. <laughs> Literally every team gets a player in the all-star game, Mike. They do. That was what... Anyways, yeah. I'm all sorry, the voters, I, what are you talking about? I'm anyways. sorry. No, go back. We can redo that. Okay, okay. Ready? Yeah. Not every team gets a player in the All-Star game. Oh, no, I get it. <laughs> Jack Campbell is, like, somehow slightly better, but he's been pulled from two games out of the three he started already. All I was going to say was that all voters who gave their Rookie of the Year vote to Skinner over Berniers or Owen Power, you should not be allowed to vote anymore. Damn, taking their vote away. Taking it away. Okay, if you have some Oilers thoughts, go ahead and talk. I'm going to pull up um, Calder votes last year. Okay, so to quote the late, great Dennis Green, they are who we thought they were, people. This Oilers team is in no better of a situation than they were last year or the year before that. They have four forwards. They have Connor McDavid, Leandre Seidel, my guy Zach Hyman, and then I guess I have to start giving credit to Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I've been very... Uh, trying to fight against it, but I guess we'll go ahead and give credit and put him in the four. Other than that, they, they, there's so Evander much money. Kane. Yeah, he's a bum now. Damn. Get <laughs> there's, bummed, Evander Kane. There's so much money tied up in this team that, like, just the rest of the depth is like Warren Fogle was on the second line the other night. Warren Fogle. They still have Derek Ryan on this team. Connor he's Brown. Connor Brown was lined up next to Connor McDavid. I think it was the second, and maybe in the both in both of the uh, Winnipeg games. And then speaking to that, you know things are bad because they've already hit. We're f- what four games into the season for them. They've already hit the McDavid Drysital fucking panic button. Last two yeah. games, they've just lined them up for five on five. Like they they don't know what else to do. Eleven other goals. I'm sorry. Five of their 11 goals are on the power play. So unless this team can consistently get three power plays a game minimum, they're going to struggle. I said it coming out of the season last year that I understood they had some success down the stretch. I wasn't buying into it. I still really dislike this defensive group. If you said, Mike, you have to pick one oiler off this defensive, their, their defensive group, also considering the contract. You got to take the contract. You have to put him on your team. i take Cody Cece. He's the only guy I like. Matias Ekholm and Darnell Nurse? I mean, yeah. Darnell Nurse is expensive, I guess. Darnell Nurse is overpaid. Matias Ekholm, I, I, I mean, he did play well for him last year. I know Evan Bouchard loved the power play well. But of all those guys, the one who I like as a defenseman is going to be Cody Cece. Speaking of him, Nurse, to give Nurse some flowers, Nurse and Cece are the only defensemen with a positive on-ice expected goal differential. It's not a good defensive group. Uh, I think I've ranted enough. If you want to take back over, I apologize. I can't find this Calder voting. The The link on hockey reference is broken for some reason. So, yeah. sorry. I was going to go through and see who else got votes, but the finalists were Beneers, Powers, and 
Stuart Skinner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So real quick. So yeah, I, I pulled it up, right? Not only did they lose to Vancouver 8-1, I know it was only a one goal loss the next game, but they still lost to Vancouver twice. You're the Oilers. You're losing to a team who jury's out on how good they are. And you play them back to back. a podcast that I recorded. They're going to make the playoffs. So, yeah. So, yeah, game one, they had McDavid on the second line with Kane and Connor Brown. That didn't work. So then they were like, they ran back the same thing, McDavid, Kane, and Brown on the second line. And then they're like, oh, well, we're screwed. So the last two games, it's been Kane, McDavid, and Dreisaitl. One of them, they had McDavid at center. It doesn't really matter how you do that. But then this gets into my other thing where I was like, hey, on their second line, along with Hyman and Nugent Hopkins, now you have Warren Fogle. Yeah, Great. that Kyler Yamamoto loss is actually somehow impacting them. Yeah, at the time it looked like, eh, Yamamoto, like, they'll be fine. But well, maybe they could have used a, a little Yamamoto. I just, could you see this as a Patty Kane team? I hope not. I, I say no, because also Patty Kane isn't going to help them 2A. And they need help defensively. You you don't think they can overcome giving up eight goals to Vancouver every day? No, they cannot. And when you look at some of the numbers, obviously four games in, so statistics only tell you really so much. Uh, but in some, in a lot of areas, Dreisaitl's actually been the more valuable player on this team than McDavid. And it's like I said, four games a season, McDavid's the greatest hockey player in the world. He's going to get going. But I think it's a dis... In a way, it's a disservice to Dreisaitl by sticking him with McDavid because he can lead his own line. If you just can find one more forward to have two complete lines, you can split those guys up. It, it's so fucking frustrating, and we've been talking about it for four years. You know what's even kind of worse? Like, you're, you're like, this team's broken. They need to figure out X, Y, and Z. They are, once again, so reliant on power play production. 50% of their goals so far in the year have come on the power play. Like we're barely in the season and it's already to the point where an Oilers game can get saved or broken purely by the amount of penalties they draw. Yeah. I mean, it, it sank them in the, in the playoffs last year. We saw it the last two years. They can't score five on five goals. It, it just kills them. I don't know. It's it's deja vu. It's fucking Groundhog Day with this, this Oilers team. And do you, you know who they play today, right? Who they play today? The Winnipeg Jets. So if they lose this game, it's not just panic time. It's like alarm bells. Something drastic has to happen. McDavid traded to the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> Could they trade for Shifley? Can they fit him in their cap? Hey, I'm going to talk about the Jets in a minute. Shifley has a good start going. Well, Seems like as, as good of a uh, good of a segue as we're going to get here. We've sufficiently dismantled the historical Edmonton Oilers. By the way, did you know that Leon Dreisaitl now has the record for the most goals in Oilers history? Might be goals. Might be power play goals. One of the two. I, I'd have to dig more into those numbers. <laughs> Why? Oh, just like fat, like because you said it was like a question mark, like you weren't sure. And I'd have to, you know, look into it a little more to see if that is correct. But I'm sure he has the most goals scored by a man named Leon in Oilers history. That's a fact. That's a fact. Not the most by a man named Dreisaitl, because people f- have forgotten 
I've forgotten. Never mind. This joke's already dead because I can't speak. So was that my segue to the Jets? J-E-T-S, yeah, Jets, Jets, Jets. Like well, we, we don't have to. We can keep. I, I can shit on the Oilers all day. Jay Woodcroft, you have slick back hair. Piece of shit. Piece of uh, shit. <laughs> I can't remember what the uh, the record is, but I did find that Leon Seidel has the most points per game on the power play in Oilers history. All-time power play goals record. Yeah, he has the, the most goals in, the, on the power play in history in, oh, of the Edmonton Oilers. Oh, very cool. Yeah, very which cool. means he has more than fucking Gretzky. Oh, Gretzky scored his goals five on five like a real man. An empty net like a real man. Yes. <laughs> All right, Mike, you want to talk about the Winnipeg Jets, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Did you already make that joke? Is that why that was in my head? Yeah. Oh, well. I I, I feel like I'm becoming a broken record because somehow every podcast I like squeeze in a way to talk about how the Jets should be rebuilding. <laughs> like every podcast. But there's a, a much bigger aspect to this to talk about. So yeah, the Jets are, are one and three. I still, the roster's stale. They're like mid 20s, early. They have like one exciting young player. It's Cole Perfetti. He's 21. Shifley got paid and he's saying thank you. Put up three goals, two assists through four games. Having a good start to the season. Um, On track to be the Rocket Ricard winner. Yeah. Uh, should, should we be worried about Connor Hellebuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, Connor Hellebuck got paid and retired. Yeah. So through three games, at, Five on five, he has a uh, 0.868 save percentage and a 3.29 goals against. He has a negative 2.9 goals saved above expected. Oh, but don't worry. It gets a little bit better if you go five on five. It's negative (laughs) 2.81. He has a negative win above replacement. Oh, yeah. I have that written down, too. Yeah. Negative 0.48. This is a Vezina caliber goalie. It's not like he's getting lit up shot-wise, like 27.6 per game. That's pretty standard. Shot distance and goal distance for him on average are pretty like middle of the league where a lot of goalies are experiencing it. It's not like he's getting a bunch of shit at his feet tipped in on, on like garbage rebounds. But even then, garbage rebounds can also be a goalie issue. The team's not great defensively. But can I, real quick before we move on past goaltending, yeah. just point out... That, I'm still on goaltending, don't worry. Oh, you were saying defensively, so I thought you were going to talk I was, about... I was tying it into it. I couldn't. I, I was going to try to name a Winnipeg defenseman, but I couldn't off the top of my head. Morrison. Um, <laughs> but while we're still talking about goaltending, I did want to point out that it doesn't get much better when you put in Connor Hellebuck's backup. Lorraine Brossois? Yeah, so... Lorraine Brossois. <laughs> so Hellebuck is currently the fifth worst... Safe percentage on shots on goal in the league at 843, 84.3. Yeah, I said that right. Sixth worst, one spot better than Connor Hallibuck is Laurent Brissois. Yeah. At 84.6. So it's not like it's getting a lot better. Laurent Brissois is actually lower than Hallibuck and wins above replacement right now, too. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's rough sledding in net for Winnipeg this season, it looks like. Yeah, it's like what I was saying was they're like they're I try to like dive into the numbers and be like, I'm gonna explain this this Hellebuck drop off. There's a reason where I can blame the rest of the Jets. And you find like like I said, they're not super great defensively. Uh okay, they're bad defensively. They do lead the league with 39 defensive zone giveaways. But as bad as other areas the team are playing, 
I can get Laurent Brassard being bottom of the league. That makes sense. It doesn't explain this level of drop-off from a guy like Connor Hellebuck. So my only explanation is that he also thinks this team should rebuild. And so now that he's gotten paid, he's trying to tank the team so they trade him. That is I thought you were going to say it was a lot more noble. They're going to be like, Hellebuck knows this team needs to rebuild. So he's trying to tank the team so they can draft their goalie of the future. No, he's trying to tank his way out to a real team like the. Who's a team with terrible goaltending that has a chance to win this year? Edmonton Oilers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In my head, I was like, I feel like we just talked about someone. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think my Jets point in the three things was really less about the whole team and just about the enigma, the the curious case of Connor Hellebuck, if you will. Oh, man, that's such a great title. That is totally going to be why I named this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Also, just to drive the dagger into the back of Winnipeg Jets fans everywhere, primarily in Winnipeg, Pierre-Luc Dubois scores his first goal of the season in Winnipeg. Brutal, man. He waited to do that. Yeah. They also, oh man, that's going to be, that's going to be a fun rivalry. It'll be like uh, what we get with New York and Calgary, mm -hmm. where they just every time that the Rangers are in the barn, they're just booing Adam Fox the second that he touches the puck. Yeah. They're going to do, they're doing the same thing in Winnipeg right now. Every time Pierre-Luc Dubois touched the puck, the boo birds were raining on him, man. It was awesome. Yeah, it would have been the same way whenever Dubois was playing for the Jets and went back to Columbus if Columbus had any fans. Got him! Saw that joke coming from a mile out. The setup was a little bit lengthy, right? I apologize. Hey, just looking, looking at our rundown here, it is a damn shame that we're not going to talk about Anaheim or Arizona. Mason McTavish, baby. Having a good start to the year, eh? Leo Carlson, baby. Leo Carlson. It's a damn shame, but we're not, so. Yeah. On to other things. Did you have any more Winnipeg Jets thoughts? No, but it's funny you say that because part of me was like, I can only pick three, but how do I wedge an Avs point in here? And that's why I kind of did it with the... And the answer was talking about Vegas. <laughs> yes. I'm buying you a fucking Avs jersey at some point. You love that team more than you love the Sabres some days. That is not true. How dare it you? It is true. I've, I've heard you. I've heard you speak words. All right, Mike, my third and final... E-team, as that is the segment of the po podcast we were talking here. Mm -hmm. The Washington Capitals. 1-2-0. Kemper is, has a minus 2.8 goal save above expected. 44.61 expected goals at 5-on-5, five five, which is the sixth worst. Notably, one spot worse than Mike. Your Buffalo Sabres. Sell down, sell down. <laughs> Ovi is 92 goals away from the record. He has... 14 power play minutes. Mike, if you had to guess what percent of possible power play minutes Ovi has played, what would your guess be? Um, 88. 99.7. Holy shit. I mean, he doesn't move around a lot. It's not like he can't stay out there the whole shift. So far on the season, Ovi has one point and zero goals in three games. So... Big disclaimer to start here. Uh -huh. The offense has looked awful. Nicholas Backstrom has looked awful. And Alex Ovechkin has looked awful. But I think we should relax. 
I don't think that the over years are quite over yet. I think we're on the precipice, but he is getting older. The efficiency is probably completely gone, but the goals record is still in sight. And that is all that matters for this Caps team. They won maybe the most impactful Stanley Cup of the last 10 years when Ovi finally got his. It was the biggest celebration, and it was by far one of the bigger moments for the league's PR. Because Ovi changed the game to celebrate. Ovi, Ovi. (laughs) Now, with that being said, I also do want to point out some of the reasons that I think that we need to relax here. Mm-hmm. Mike, are you familiar with the 2022-2023 NHL season? Yes. It's a distant memory, but yes. Ovechkin didn't score until his fourth game of the season. Yeah. Ended up with 42 goals. Mike, are you familiar with the 2019-2020 NHL season? Mm-hmm. Ovechkin had one goal in his first four games. Ended up with 48 goals. Mike, are you familiar with the 2014-2015 NHL season? Uh, way back in the days of yore, yes. Early in the season, Ovechkin had a six-game stretch where he had zero points. Ended up with 53 goals. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think that we're going to see a 50-goal season out of Ovechkin ever again. But if he plays three more years, puts up 30 goals right around there every year, he'll get the record, and that's all that matters. We're just here for the record, baby. Doesn't matter how bad Kemper is. Doesn't matter how bad Backstrom is. Doesn't matter how bad their prospect pool is. We're just here for the record, baby. We're just here to watch him break Gretzky's record. Yeah, that's the only reason this team exists until Ovi finally hangs him up. I mean, uh, and to speak to your point, I'll bring in uh, Chris Collinsworth just to be like, "Ah, these players like Ovi, you know, they eventually get it going. They start a little slow and they start hitting clappers. One-handed knee barn down clappers, let me tell you. Always going Bardownski. <laughs> Always got to go Bardownski. Uh, oh yeah, he'll, he'll get it going. I, I don't have any... I'm not starting the washed OV column quite yet. If we I am like, ready to fully start the washed OV column. <laughs> I mean, his efficiency is going to be terrible. He's going to shoot like 2%. But if you shoot 2%, that means that you're scoring 10 goals every 500 shots. So, we're fine. You just got to take a ton of shots, Ovechkin. Exactly. Just take a ton of shots. Now, if you want to talk about things the Capitals should actually be concerned about, I think it is the mental well-being of GM Brian McClellan because he gave 29-year-old Zach Wilson a seven-year contract, I just noticed, on their cap-friendly page. And that makes $6.5 million for Tom Wilson. What's happening in America you said anymore? Zach Wilson, and it broke my mind at first. Oh, sorry. Tom Wilson. The... This Wilson is a little meaner how is tom wilson i bet they both fuck as many milfs though right oh yeah 24 7 you think tom Holy wilson's God. a milf hunter do i have to cut this out of the show can we not call someone <laughs> a milf hunter milf hunter sounds very predatory i don't think i like it i like how milf is tom con- wilson only 29 years old i prefer milf connoisseur <laughs> i had no idea i thought he was i was really about to like be flabbergasted because i thought he was 33 or something but he's 29 He's going to be around for seven more years at $6.5 million. That's interesting. That's not why we're talking. I know the main point of this Washington point was to talk about washed Ovi. But yeah, I'm not worried. I think he'll be fine. Just, well, here's what you do. You tell literally all your other players, except for like Backstrom, Kuz, Oshie, 
probably want them on the ice for the power play. Everybody else, your job, draw penalties. Get OV on the power play. That's the only reason you're on this team. Just skate horizontally with your arms out like this. Mm-hmm. Just waiting to get tackled by someone. If you feel a stick tap you anywhere, you're somersaulting. You're <laughs> grabbing your nose, trying to find blood as quick as possible for the high stick call. That, if there was ever, doing. If there was ever a hockey team that needed to go talk to the WWE and learn how to blade. Yes. That, that's what they got to do. Sell, sell, sell. I love the idea of just looking at penalties drawn and it's like all these league average teams and then <laughs> it's like double. You get to the caps. <laughs> like at the end of the game, buzzer sounds and Ovi is just standing over there at the this little point there out by the dot on where he's at, like post up on power plays and he's just exhausted. He's taken 40 shots this game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike, you want to you wanna go ahead and hit some... Uh, you pick one, Ottawa or Detroit. I'm not letting you do both. Well, they, they, intertw- they yeah, intertwine. I'm just fucking with okay. you. So this is actually... Gee, serendip- I wonder how they intertwine. This is our serendipitous because they're playing each other in only an hour and 15 minutes from the time it is right now during our recording. So part of what we say is going to be extremely dated. So listen to hear how dumb we are. So yeah, Detroit and Ottawa. Both start the season with a big fat L, and now they go on three game winning streaks. Okay, obviously they're tied by the Debrinket trade. Ottawa got a bag of chips and a couple picks for Debrinket. They got. I haven't dealt picklers either. I haven't dealt picklers. The picks were a twenty four first with a bunch of conditions. Like, I think Detroit gets to pick if it's their pick or if it's Boston's pick. But if it ends up in the top ten, then Boston gets to say in something. It's confusing, and then they got a twenty four fourth. So I guess the big thing I want to ask you is which one of these teams you think is actually sustainable and actually has a chance to make the playoffs. So we got Ottawa, scored 21 goals so far. They're leading the league in five-on-five goals. Super high shooting percentage, which some people put a, a, you know, like a red flag by. Some people don't. Most people do. <laughs> they have seven players playing over or at a point pace per game. They're it's more only, than Vegas. Yeah, they just went ahead and like, because I guess no one else wanted him, scooped up Vlad Tarasenko, in case you weren't sure what Vlad I was talking about. Uh, no, no, not Vlad the Impaler. No, on a, on a one-year five-mil deal, and he's got six points for him already here. Stute's still having a great year so far. Hey, Stute's you guys! Brady Kachuk, four goals already. Old man Giroux is... <laughs> what? The Goonies really broke me on that. <laughs> Old man Giroux is having fun playing with the young guys uh stutzel and and kachuk on his line stutzel jake sanderson another young guy who came out of the gates hot they kind of got this fun yin yin yang goalie tandem going on because they have corpus solo who's dog shit and they have forsberg who's playing extremely well (laughs) so all right that's the senator's rundown I like the yin-yang of one of them is playing well and one of them is not. (laughs) Usually it's like, ah, yin is yang. You know, he's good on offense. You're good on defense. Yin-yang, good, bad, you know. It's pretty pretty yin-yang, like, if you ask me. Red Wings offensively have also been hot. 20 goals a season, 11 on 5 on 5. They have a 46.2% on the power play. That's not sustainable. 14.2% shooting percentage, question marks. But to bring it, he's coming out big. Eight points already, five goals on the year. He's up there. I think the leader right now has six. I can't remember who it is, though. Austin Matthews. Thank you. Uh, one thing to bring it definitely add to this team is it finally gave a third piece to get like 
this Larkin Raymond Brinkett line has been playing extremely well. Huso's still bad. Like, can we talk about like what's going on? This guy was supposed to be like a dude, and then he left St. Louis, and maybe he's not motivated anymore by angry like Jordan Bennington staring him down like he's going to kill him every time he started. But 881 save percentage, a 3.37 goals against, negative 2.15 goal saved above expected. Like, Huso, what's happening? So that's why I wrap all that up to say. I think the wings aren't as deep. I think the goaltending's bad. So I don't think this Red Wings, I mean, it's only 3-1, three-game win streak. I don't think this team's sustainable. I don't think that's who this team is. Ottawa, on the other hand, I hate to say it because I don't like them, but I like this team. So something I do just want to point out is that somehow Detroit broke Huso and also broke Nedeljkovic in back-to-back years. So maybe don't, don't draft any more goalies or trade for any more young goalies if you're Detroit. Yeah, um, yeah this Red Wings team, I mean, Debrinkit and Larkin in particular have played out of their mind. You know, Maurice, the bus cider, is probably going to be a Norris contender in a few years. I mean, he's just fucking big and can pass. JT Comfer playing well. Um, you know, just... There's a lot of pieces to like on, on Detroit. I'm with you. I, I still think that there are a few pieces away. I mean, once you start getting down to their third and fourth line and you're, you're, you're relying on, like, Austin Zarnak mm-hmm. for, for production, it starts to hurt. But I do, in general, like the top end of this team, especially that top forward, maybe the top two lines and their top defensive pairing. This Ottawa team's awesome, man. Right? <laughs> it's really fun. Like you're talking a defensive group that has Thomas Shabbat, Jacob Chikrin, and Jake Sanderson, and somehow Jake Sanderson is the best defenseman on that that team. He has been outrageously good. Like they gave up, you know, a a, a decent chunk for Chikrin, being like, "This is our guy of the future." While right behind him the whole time was just Jake Sanderson standing there, being like, "Can I?" Can I have a vote in this on who the guy of the future is? Their oldest defenseman is Artem Zoop mm-hmm. at 28 years old. Their oldest forward is Cloud Giroux. But besides that, it's like no one older than 28. Like they have one guy on the whole fucking team in, the, in his 30s. At least one skater on the whole team in his 30s. Like, you, you know, you already went through it. Kubalik, Stutzel, Kachuk. Uh, Giroux's playing well. Tarasenko, who's an, another old guy. So they have two guys in their 30s. I don't know how I miss Tarasenko on here. Their centers are, are, I guess, the weak spot on the team, if you had to name one weak spot, really. But it's just... This, this team is, like, straight up a lot of fun, and it's probably going to be good for a few years. Especially with uh, them and the Canadians, I think are going to be a lot of fun as, like, the Canada team of the future. And if you were asking me to pick a defensive squad to go out there and play me some lockdown defense, I'm not picking Ottawa. But if you're going to ask me to pick a defensive squad to go out there and help help me put up some points, yeah, I'm picking Ottawa. <laughs> like, th- they have a lot of fun offensive pieces on their uh, blue line. So to answer your question, if I had to pick which team I think is more sustainable, I do think it's Ottawa. I think Ottawa just has the top to bottom 
especially on their defensive line, they just have the top to bottom skill. I mean, their, their left side of their defense is just outrageous. But you got to give Detroit at least some credit because you know what would really put this Ottawa team over is if they had al- added Alex Dabrinkit playing as well as he is this year. And Detroit yeah. just got him for, for pennies. I'm guessing the goaltending is probably not sustainable. Um, I, don't, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but Anton Forsberg isn't exactly UC Soros. But it's more sustainable than Detroit. So if we're just comparing these two, I think that there's like maybe just like Detroit centers are are the the only advantage they have over the other team. Uh, I mean, Andrew Kopp, Dylan Larkin, Michael Rasmussen. Everyone loves Michael Rasmussen, obviously. But just about everywhere else on the roster, I think that the Sins are in a better position than Detroit is. And I th- I do agree. I, I don't feel super confident that Anton Forsberg is going to be this guy all year but i like the offensive upside of ottawa to the point where i think they'll be a wild card team down the stretch where they're winning games five four to stay alive in the race i think it's gonna be a very fun team to watch throughout the year if you had to guess how many points they end up with at the end of the season what are you guessing i think they're going to be a wild card team i think they can break that that 90 mark you don't think you don't think that they can get to 100 I mean, they. I don't think you win that division at 100, do you? No. Yeah, so you could be a wild card team and still get 100 points. Wild card, bitches. You Googling something or are you ready to move on? I was looking at their division. I, yeah, Maple Leafs are there. Boston somehow 3-0 to start the year. Was the question, uh, would 100 points win that division? Yeah. Probably not. It'd probably take closer to 110. Which is probably what the Maple Leafs are going to get to, at least. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. All right, Mike, you got any final NHL thoughts? Any various notes that you have written down that you want to spew out? Or are you ready to talk some basky? We're going long like usual. Let's talk some basketball. Hit it, little Bow Wow. Is that, is that song, like, public domain yet? Can we get it in here? It's not worth making any money off this. I can put whatever the fuck I want in. I put that clip of... Uh, Robbie Anderson talking about Sir Purr in our podcast yesterday. <laughs> I just haven't got a chance to listen to it yet. It's a short one. Uh, unlike this one, which we are currently, like I said, our, we're looking to do this. Oh, we're not that far off. Yeah. Not that bad. Especially we have to cut out everything yeah. you said for the first segment. Introduce the segment. <laughs> Come back. As the name implies with Basky, we are also here to talk about basketball. The NBA season starts this Tuesday on. So, as the NBA season starts up, One of the notable things in the NBA community is League Pass and what the best and worst League Pass teams to watch are. So, we're getting ready for the NBA season by talking about the best League Pass teams. So, we're going to do this in a draft style. We each are going to pick five teams back and forth, not Snake. And I'll post a graphic on Twitter or something, and at the end of the year, we'll we'll come back and figure out who... uh, who had the best five league pass teams by, I don't know, consensus vote, bits. Do they still do bits on Twitch? Yeah. We'll figure it out by bits then. We'll do bits. Real quick. Uh, it's like I sit down to like kind of do like my rankings, right? Get my draft board set for this. And I initially sit down being like, all right, I'm going to rank one through 30. And then I was like, Mike, it's only, we only pick five teams. You only need to do your top 10. Adam can't take them all. So I'm an idiot. This was your Mike's an idiot moment of the podcast. I also did 10. Uh, speaking of this, though, 
we will, starting on Tuesday and updating every Tuesday throughout the NBA season, have power rankings for every single league pass team, 1 through 30, that uh, with a, a small blurb, maybe just who they're playing in the coming week and what we're looking forward to, injuries, that kind of thing. But that'll be updated weekly with the league pass power rankings. All right, Mike, heads or tails? Tails never fails. It is tails. So the first pick goes to our own Mike, Fatboy Slim Regan. All right. Really glad to uh, be here today at the podium to make this first pick in this prestigious draft. You know, winning the coin toss, Adam, it, it made me happy. You know, it's another, it's just another word for happy. What? Giddy. And my first overall pick in the league pass draft, the Oklahoma City Thunder. I got four words for you to explain it. Giddy, Gil, Dort, and Chet, baby. Who doesn't want to watch this team? Gil's going to finish top five MVP voting, calling it here. Chet is going to finish top five rookie of the year voting, calling it here. They're like my Western Conference team this year. And I'm saying they're going from play in to straight up play offs this year. I also obviously took their over, so this goes into my priors. So Oklahoma City Thunder last season, 40 and 42, 117.5 points per game, which put them fifth in the league and 101.1 pace, which put them sixth in the league. They are, uh, their over-under is currently set at 44 and a half, and they are plus 8,500 to win the finals. We basically named a lot of the same stuff. Um, I'll just say that I think they have four people who are big step-up candidates for this team. I think Shea's already a top 15 player coming off an all-NBA season that I don't think he made the all-NBA team, but it was an all-NBA caliber season. Oh, he might have been second team. I think he was second team all-NBA. But the step-up contenders for this team this year, Giddy, Chet Holmgren, and his rookie season. Jalen Williams, the good one, or the great one, not the just good one. And Trey Mann, who is somehow only entering his third year in the league. Any other thoughts on OKC or moving on to the second pick? You're up. Well, OKC was my fifth team off the board. So, yeah, real, uh, real deep cut into my board there, Mike. Um, oh, you just lost your fifth round pick, so huh? My number one team, and you already know what I'm going to pick. You gave me shit for this yesterday. The Denver Nuggets, who I think are by far the most watchable team in the NBA. Last season, 53-29, and 29, despite phoning it in for the last month, 115.8 points per game, which put them 12th, 98.1 pace, which was 23rd, but the reason you watch this team isn't for back-and-forth pace. The reason I'm drafting this team in the first round. Number one, Nikolai Jokic, former two-time MVP, most must-watch player in the NBA right now. Every single possession can be a highlight. He is making ridiculous passes whenever he has the ball in his hands. Number two, just a lot of other pieces on this team that are fun to watch. When you're watching League Pass, you got to find, like, bench players that you enjoy watching. But in their their starting lineup alone, yeah, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, and Jamal Murray, which if they were on, if any of those players were on like the Clippers, right? You'd be tuning in to be like, man, I can't wait to see some MPJ minutes on the Clippers. And they got Julian Strawwither, Strawther, one of those two, in the NBA draft, who just lit it up in preseason. So on top of that, they might have a second round pick who just goes off this season, which who doesn't love rooting for that? Who doesn't love rooting for a second round pick to play out of their fucking mind? 
It is your pick, Mike. Your second round pick. I don't get to comment on the Nuggets. Oh, you can comment. I just you sat there quietly, so I thought that you didn't have anything to say. Wrong. You're wrong. Um, no, I I feel like if you are a big big basketball fan, if you are a basketball nerd, if you're Bill Simmons, then the Denver Nuggets are definitely high on your league pass ratings. Even like Jokic, even with him on the team, I don't think a lot of your casual basketball fan may not jump to watch Nuggets. I, I love the Nuggets, but also part of it is I know what they're going to do. You know, like they're the Play Nuggets. ridiculously fun basketball. Yeah. Jokic will be fun to watch. Murray, he's, he's a guy. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Murray's really good. Not a bad pick, depending on what you're looking for. My number two pick, I'm shocked. I'm getting my number one and number two seeds. The Nuggets didn't even make the list. Weren't even on my list. All right. I'm taking the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, yeah. That's my number three seed. That's good. Yeah. I'll just, I will direct you to our futures pod we did a few weeks ago. I love this Lakers squad. I love the depth, the precious depth. Who doesn't love good depth? All right. I love the depth on this Lakers squad. And I also have a big betting interest because they're my pick to win the West. They're currently plus 750 to win the West. I'm taking it. They are plus 1300 to win the finals. I'm thinking about it. But you know what I'm definitely taking? Plus 2,200. Bucks versus Lakers finals. It's happening. You heard it here first, people. And I'm going to be there every night on League Pass to enjoy this ride. Plus, there's the new rest rules. LeBron has to play. Or what? He won't win MVP? I'm saying he can't take as many games off. Davis still can because he'll, like, stub a toe in the shower and tear something. (laughs) Or, you know, strain uh, some sort of muscle or whatever. But still. How dare you slander Anthony Davis coming off his best season in LA? Well, since the bubble. Yeah. 25.9, 12 and a half, and two was what he averaged last season. 57.3 effective field goal percentage, 125.2 points per 100 shots, and 163 combined blocks and steals. How dare you slander the Unibrow himself? But even with, if Davis and LeBron aren't out there, it's still gonna be fun to watch like LeBron taking a rest while like Reeves, Prince, Vanderbilt, Christian Wood. I'm a Christian Wood guy. He's gonna cook on this team. Rui, give me some Rui Hachimura. Jackson Hayes. <laughs> I do kind of <laughs> like Jackson. I do kind of like Jackson. He's not bad. <laughs> he'll he'll get some good minutes when when Davis. Jackson Hayes has like the opposite of shame at face where you see that guy and you're like, that guy should be great at basketball. So he must yeah. be. <laughs> yeah, I think this is. Uh, I think LeBron's leaving L.A. With the bang if a ring, but possibly, but for sure, a Western Conference championship. Just uh, to mention, um, you didn't bring him up when you were talking there. Uh, Gabe Vincent, also a new addition to the team. Yes. Gabe Vincent was a lot of fun in the playoffs. You got to watch the Lakers because you got to enjoy LeBron while he's still around. He's entering his age 39 season. He hasn't played 60 games since 2018, 2019. You're not, there's not a ton of LeBron left in our future. You got to tune in and watch LeBron. He can be corny. He can be over the top. He's almost 40 and still wants to be the coolest guy around. And, you know, age catches up with everyone. But you, we have maybe, maybe three or four more seasons left of LeBron. You got to tune in and watch him when he plays. Absolutely. And if they could move D'Angelo Russell for some other fun pieces, I mean, this team would just be the number one seed in my draft. D'Angelo Russell for Paolo Bencaro, who says no. Everybody. Everybody. <laughs> My turn. Mm-hmm. 
My number two pick in the draft, Mike. I am also getting my number one and two seed. Wow. The Golden State Warriors. Boring. <laughs> 44 and 38, 118.9 points per game last year, which is second in the league. 101.6 pace in the the 101.6 pace last year, which is also second in the league. Fast pace, high event basketball. Just like LeBron, got to start thinking about how much more Steph do we have on our her, on our horizon. He's going to be 35 years old this year. He hasn't made it to 65 games since the 2018-19 season. Last year, once again, almost was a 50-40-90 guy on 29.4 points a game. Probably the last hurrah for Clay and Draymond. Uh, over under 47.5 wins, plus 1,400 to win the finals. It's not the Warriors' dynasty anymore. But just like my thing with LeBron, there's, there's not infinite Steph, Clay, and Draymond basketball left. So you got to tune in to watch it. I mean, Mike, did you see yesterday Andre Iguodala retired? Did he? 19 seasons. Retired yesterday. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of the first domino to fall. We're seeing the end of this Warriors dynasty that was so much fun in the 2010s. And moving on to the new era of basketball, right? But with a limited amount of Steph minutes left in the league... I want to be there to see as many of them as possible. If he's still going to be 35, averaging almost 30 a night, shooting almost 50, 40, 90, I got to watch that. Yeah. They're a solid pick just for catching those nights randomly where Steph does go into that like terrifyingly unconscious mode where he's just like slightly going past half court and shooting it and just going in like what is happening right now? I got to give you that. I mean, Clay isn't what he once was. Dre's not. But just for the pure Steph factor, I won't, I won't doo-doo on this pick. It actually is a good one. And they're going to need a lot from some of their supporting pieces, which if they get it, I mean, this team won an NBA Finals just a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But they're going to need a lot from like Wiggins, Looney, and somehow Dario Saric is on this team. Uh, and also they added Chris Paul. Which say, did we mention Chris Paul? That's gonna that's gonna hurt their watchability. I'll be honest with you. But you gotta tune in for those Scott Foster games now. I was gonna say if you like watching a player look confused and angry every time a whistle is blown, then this is your league pass team. That's what Chris Paul's known for. Oh, and one and of those the players, State Farm commercials. Oh, that's true. One of those players they won't be getting anything from is uh, I saw they waved or cut Rudy Gay. Yeah. You know, I was doing the math on it, and Rudy Gay and someone else perfectly fit in. Oh, it was Rudy Gay and Chris Paul perfectly fit in to trade for Dame Lillard. It was the exact contract size they would need. I can't believe Portland would have said no to that. (laughs) You got any Warriors thoughts, Mike, or you want to make your third round selection? I think I'm ready for my third round selection. So I'm kind of going down a little farther down the list here. Because I, this team didn't come to mind as quickly as it probably should have. I'm taking the Minnesota Timberwolves. Oh, f- I'm sorry, I had to do it. I thought I thought I could snipe Minnesota later on. Fuck, man. Th- that's why I was like, I got to get them now because they I don't they won't be around. I think if I try to wait till they line up more with where they are on my list, Anthony Edwards is one of the most exciting young players in the league. I could stop there, and my point would be made. But this is just what, maybe it's because you're such a fan and we're such good friends. I've like adopted the team a little bit, but there's so many players on this team I love to like watch play. Slow mo, you're 
a lot of your depth guys, like I'm a Jaden McDaniels guy or uh, and a, a fucking Jordan McLaughlin guy. I don't know how this happened. <laughs> but when like there's an injury and those guys have to play more minutes, I love it. Don't even get me started on Nas Reed. I fucking love Nas Reed. He is the man, the myth, the legend. And I'm calling it right here, right now. This is going to happen. So get your, go ahead and get your betting slips in now. Carl Anthony Towns only played 29 games last year. He averaged roughly 20 points, eight boards, just shy of five assists, shot 49.5% from the field. This season, he's going to get up in the higher 20s points per game. He's going to get around 12 boards a game. He's going to get back above 50% shooting. Carl Anthony Towns is going to be the NBA comeback player of the year. That's not a word to give right out. Is it not? The they don't give out a play of the year? <laughs> they're going to make it, and they're going to give it to the cat. He's going to man up this season. I'm, I just got this feeling. The softness is gone. been saying that for 10 years. Yeah. He's, he's 27 now. He's a man now. He's not soft anymore. He's hard. <laughs> this is hard cat coming at you this year. And he's going to look at Gobert in the eye. He's going to say, when I'm out there, you get the fuck out of my way, Frenchman, or I will mow you down. <laughs> This is my team, and then he's gonna bark at Wiggins. Let him know that this, or not Wiggins at Edwards. Let him know this is also his team. So I, I do want to. I want to hammer a couple things. First off, forty-two yeah. and forty last season with only twenty-nine games at a cat, one hundred and fifteen point eight points per game, which is thirteenth. One hundred and one pace, which was seventh. Uh, Anthony Edwards probably, probably looking at an All NBA bid this year. He's at least in the conversation before it. Huge offseason, feeble World Cup where he was the best player on Team USA. I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. Uh, tons of likable players, like you said. Jaden McDaniels, who's quickly becoming everyone's favorite defensive player and gets better on offense every year. Nasreed, Mike Conley, Slow-Mo, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. They also might have snagged a sleeper at the 33rd pick overall. Leonard Miller, who might just be another lengthy depth guy. Like, when you think of Leonard Miller, think Jared Vanderbilt. He's like another four or five kind of combo guy. Just all length, can guard on the perimeter. Been playing very well in the preseason and uh, just rebounding the hell out of the ball. He'll be, he'll be, he'll get bench minutes this year. That's not, he's not like Luca Garza. Like he's not a two-way player. They will barely see the court. The big question, the big question, Mike, Mike, the big question. Can Cat and Gobert play together? My answer to that is I think that we see a huge in-season trade for Carl Anthony Towns. Think he's leaving town? I think he's leaving towns. You think that's just because they gave up so much for Gobert and they'll get so much less back for him? They can't do that deal? Yeah, I think that it's that. And I think that a lot of the fan base has turned on Cat. Um, he has some, some kind of bad offseason stuff with going on podcasts and talking about how the Timberwolves are more impressive than the Nuggets. He's just so corny, man. And he, he doesn't fit with this team, which sucks, right? Because he's a yeah. very, very good player. You just can't put him out there. Just him and Gobert just don't work, man. And so I think we could see him moved to... Like, that, that could be a, a Knicks trade. Or that could be a Toronto trade. Like, that... I mean, even, like, Atlanta. Like, this... He's going to go somewhere and improve a team's title odds that makes more sense for him to be on the team with the current roster. I mean, it's Ant's team, and we're all just living in it. You, uh, you stole my moment. I was going to start singing. New York. But you already jumped on it. I would, I would welcome, whether it's hard cat or soft cat, I'm welcoming him with open arms. Come on over, bud. You more of an Empire State of Mind guy or a New York State of Mind guy? 
I'm more of a Frank Sinatra, New York, New York kind of guy. Oh, I thought you were singing Empire State of Mind. I was, but <laughs> I changed my mind. Um, it's funny that you mention, uh, God, now his name escapes me. Jaden McDaniels, Nas Reed, Mike Conley, no. Slow-Mo, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert. Kellert? Your rookie. <laughs> oh, uh, Leonard Miller. Leonard Miller, that was it. I love that you referred to him as like lengthy depth, because if there is one word that describes the Timberwolves for me over the last few seasons, it's all these lengthy depth guys where I'm like, ah, I fucking like this dude. I like <laughs> his jam. Look at the jam on this guy. Look at him get back. <laughs> it's too bad that we didn't keep Vanderbilt in the uh, uh, Gobert trade and then also draft Leonard Miller because we would just have, we'd have like the Toronto Raptors championship team where every single dude is like 6'11 with a 7'3 wingspan. Did your front office see Giannis and they were just like, we got to get long. It's as even long as possible. It's even dumber than that. Tim Conley, the GM, used to be the GM in Denver and was just like, what if we only draft second round players that are tall? It could work. It could work. Who knows? Also, I, I feel bad. I didn't. I, I don't know if you mentioned him, but I did not. I don't think I mentioned Mike Connolly. I did. Okay. I, I got, do have to give flowers to the vet at guard. Yeah, he's been he he he's one of those guys that as soon as he landed in Minnesota, the Timberwolves fans are just so desperate for former All Stars because they never sign in Minnesota that every time that we bring a guy in like that, immediately he clicks with the fan base. And so Mike Conley landed, and all it's like uh, how Bills fans were like digging Josh Allen out in the snowstorm. As soon as Mike Conley landed, they were like, "Welcome home, brother." Yeah, I feel like you have. You went from at one point having the uncontrolled chaos of the veteran that is Patrick Beverly, and now you have like this calm, cool, collected veteran in Mike Connolly. I think it's yeah. a, an upgrade in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> All, All right, right Mike, you had more Timberwolves thoughts or, or my draft pick? No, I just, I wish um, you guys are in a, co- a division with the Nuggets, correct? Yeah. I wish you weren't because then I'd actually get a little ballsy and say you could win your division, but yeah, we, we have the second best odds to win that division. Mm-hmm. All right, Mike, my third pick surprisingly still on the board. Actually not surprising. This seems about the right spot for him. The Phoenix suns last season, 45 and 37, 112.7 points per game, which put them 13th 98.2 pace, which put them 22nd. The big reason that they are a league pass must watch team is that we are going to get, probably not a full season because of who they are, but, you know, hopefully a full season, of Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. In the eight regular season games after Durant came over, he averaged 25.6, or 25, 6, and 3. If we can get a full season of that, standing next to Booker, I mean, those two guys can combine for 50 a night, easily. Ton of off-season turnover, they'll be curious to watch. Stalwart of the team, Chris Paul out, DeAndre Ayton out, Bradley Beal in, Yusuf Nurkic in, and Grayson Allen in. Um, I mainly wrote that down just because I like to put Grayson Allen in the same conversation with Bradley Beal and Chris Paul. They created more depth by trading away Ayton for some for for some uh, of the other pieces um, at the cost of their top-line talent. I think that Yusuf Nurkic is going to have kind of a bounce-back season. I mean, he's been terrible recently, but I think he's going to be better than terrible. I want to see what Booker and Durant can do together for a full season. And I want to see what this team's identity turns into without Chris Paul around. I will be sick of of the Suns by December. Damn, really? 
Because every time they lose, that's going to be, what's going on with the Suns? What's going on with the Suns? I don't get it. What's going on with the Suns? There'll be rumors about like, Grayson Allen or whatever wanting out. Really tanking the team's chemistry. <laughs> yeah. My I big just... concern is Kevin Durant's injury history. Yes. So it does, as you mentioned, it depends on how much we actually get to see this squad together. Uh, you're, all your picks are very, you're very mainstream with all your picks. You're like a, a corporate sellout. You're basically a shill for ESPN's Game of the Weeks. I took, people, the, I took the Lakers. What am I talking about? <laughs> yeah, right. People really like to do like, oh, League Pass. Like the best League Pass team has to be a team that doesn't get a lot of national games. But the way I was thinking about this is, all right, it's a Saturday night. I'm half cut. I'm sitting on my couch. What game do I want to put on and slowly fall asleep watching? I would throw on a Suns game. Like, when you're drunk, don't you kind of just want to watch Kevin Durant make shots all over the court? I want to watch you Spurs kinda... Pacers. What are you talking well, about? Well, if I want to fall asleep faster, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Hey, oh, both those teams are actually in my top 10 rankings, so I don't know why I yeah. buried them like that. It will be interesting to see how Bradley Beal goes from being the only guy to the third guy. That, that, so the Bradley Beal of this is part of the reason where I thought about it not even putting them on my top 10. Bradley Beal is a boring player to watch. He is a high-volume, inefficient shooter. It's like the worst combination. You don't make Steph fun. Every time he shoots the ball, it might go in. Like, it's the same thing for, like, Seth Curry, right? Like, Seth Curry, low-volume efficient. Dame Lillard, high-volume efficient. Like, when you talk about shooters, you want someone with efficiency. You want every single shot to feel like it's going to go in. You want it to be surprising when it misses. Bradley Beal, not surprising. And it's also, it's the, the other problem with the Suns is that it's three guys that get to the line a lot, mm -hmm. which can kill the, the fun of a basketball game. But I think that if we get some motion offense with Durant, Booker, and Beal, it's three guys that can score, and there might be a chance that this team leads the league in points per game. It will be also fun to see if, like, every time a player goes from, like, a bad team, like, the top scorer on a bad team goes to a stacked team, and they aren't putting up numbers, there's always the people who are like, well, you see, he's a volume shooter. He's not getting enough shots. And it's like, no, he's inefficient. <laughs> That's the problem. There's no such thing as a volume shooter. If he keeps shooting, now he's going to all of a sudden become efficient. No, that's not how. That's not math, buddy. <laughs> well, once once you start making shots, all the shots you miss don't go away from your averages and your percentages. This isn't how it works. If you just ignore shooting percentage and just look at score, then you can talk yourself into it. Yeah, you can talk yourself into You're it. You're like, but... he scored 35 points on 37 shots. At, at some point, if Beal underperforms, this team loses a couple games close and like a chunk of games in a short period of time, there will be some talking head who says there's not enough shots to go around. <laughs> I'm calling it right now. That should be minus 4,000 odds. It will happen. Oh, and also, I know you just picked this team so you can watch Bull Bull cook. Don't even try to lie. I didn't even know Bull Bull was on the Suns. I'm the basketball guy, and I didn't know Bull Bull was on the Suns. Where's Mo Bamba at? Bamba. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Mike, who sings that song? No idea. I was trying to think of a a current name, but I can't. Sheck West. 
Jack West. Who's the Martha Stewart guy? Jack Harlow. <laughs> I keep forgetting that. Jack Harlow. He was in White Man Can't Jump. I didn't see that one. But you love that crappy movie, so I don't know why you didn't watch the new one. First one. It didn't need a remake. It was already, you know, a time First of classics. Sucks. Overrated. <laughs> All right. You don't even make my next pick. No, I want to talk about White Man Can't Jump. It's a great movie. And if you don't think so, you're right. It's a little long. A little long. It's very long. I said a little. I said a little. It's very long. A little, Adam. I said a little. So your next pick, Mike. Oh, boy. It's getting tough. Only two picks left, Adam. Luckily, based on how you've been putting together your te- your uh, your draft, I think some, a lot of my picks will be safe. But I'm going to go ahead and grab this one here. The Indiana Pacers. I can't believe the kind of value I'm going to get at four. I'm going to get my number three team in the fourth round. I think your number three team is going to be my number four team, but we'll see. Okay. Because Pacers were my number three team, but I had to go down there and grab my T-Wolves. Pacers were my number 10, by the way. My 10th wow. team. My, I'm not going to tell you my 10th team. It's like a total gamble that was going to be a last-ditch last effort. Um, Tyrese Halliburton, people. Like, what do you want me to say? I could watch this dude play basketball all day. Only played 56 games last year, but 20.7 points, 10.4 assists, 1.6 steals? Watch out. When the man's coming, he's going to take these. Say, give me that. <laughs> All right. I'm a huge Halliburton fan. Obviously, I get to watch some of my boy, Obi Toppin. Miss you. Wish you were still on the Knicks. I wish we had you instead of someone else we gave a lot of money to. Um, I'm just excited to watch Halliburton. Well, full season of Halliburton, especially, because I think he can... I'm not going to say MVP. If this team had like a crazy win-loss record, then I think he'd be in the MVP conversation. But I don't know if he has that kind of godly power to get them to 50 wins. <laughs> but I still think that could be a really fun... Uh, I'm just going to throw it out here for the first time in our basketball talk. I think these Pacers are kind of frisky, Adam. Like, they're kind of frisky. All right, you got Halliburton. You got Miles Turner. Buddy Heald. I like them as a potential play-in team. And I, I really just... I think Halliburton... If you're going to talk about one player that's worth having League Pass to tune into, it's him. So last season, 35 and 47, oh. like you said, Hal Burton only played 56 games. 116.3 points per game, 101.1 pace. That put them as the fourth fastest pace in the NBA. Hal Burton, like you said, averaged 20 and 10. Legit, this seems like, this is like Kirkland brand Denver Nuggets to me. Like, I, like I want to tune in just to see what Hal Burton's going to do every week. Also, speaking of Kirkland brand, uh, Denver Nuggets. Bruce Brown signed with this team in the offseason. Chris yeah, Duarte, Alex Nimhart, Bruce Brown, Benedict Matherin, and Obi Toppin. There's some pieces I want to watch. Now, you'll notice there that when I mentioned their depth pieces, I did not mention Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. That's why, Mike, for the second time this podcast, I'm putting my official stamp. Bam! This team is a big in-season trade candidate. Mm. Buddy Heald and Miles Turner combined for $40 million in cap space. And Indiana has eight first-round picks between next year's draft and 2030. I think that we see them move for a big piece. I think that we see Halliburton off to a hot start. I think that Alex Nimhart and Benedict Mathurin take a big year-two bump. I think we see Bruce Brown reprise his role as, man, Bruce Brown's way better than you think he is, isn't he? And this team thinks, all right, let's not go all in, but let's push some of our chips in. Let's make the playoffs this year. And I think that we can see them make a leap on picking up a player like a Pascal Siakam. 
I really like the Buddy Heel trade idea, especially since, as you mentioned him, Benedict Mathurin, average jumble. Matherin, Matherin, Matherin. Uh, as a rookie, averaged almost the same amount of points as Heel did last year, and they're both the two guard, so you can easily just put the younger guy in there to go with Halliburton more often. So I could definitely see that. Miles Turner hasn't he been like in trade conversations since he joined the Pacers? <laughs> yeah, he went on a podcast and told the Lakers trade for him. Also worth noting that Buddy Heald this off season has been in trade talks. Right. You know, I, I have was... a buddy who's a Milwaukee Bucks fan who every mm-hmm. time that I go get drinks with him tells me about how he played AAU basketball with Tyrese Halliburton. Really? Did he cross him up at all? I think I asked you that when you told me this before. <laughs> if he crossed him no, up. No, and he was like, Halliburton wasn't even the best guy around. No. It always surprises me that Daniel uh, Tice is on the Pacers. I don't know why. I just don't remember that happening. He feels like a Pacer to me. Yeah. I mean, the, the negative part about picking the Pacers in this draft, let's be honest here, it's because of the Indiana Pacers. And when you think Indiana, you think people like Larry Bird, who while he was a great player, when you look at him, you think that's the most boring man on the planet. Yeah, so optically, it's not great. But people sit down, watch a Pacers game. You'll enjoy yourself. This team, this team does kind of have Pacers energy. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, who's your best player? Oh, we have this point guard who's not much of a shooter, but is, has like really good floor vision. Yeah, he's like a, a throwback a little bit. Yeah, he has more scoring than a throwback. He's like a, he's like a prototype throwback. Magic Johnson, Tyrese Halberton, are they in the same category? I don't know. I can't wait for Tyrese Halberton to buy the Washington Commanders. <laughs> then shit on them on X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Hey, did you notice real quick that every article that says like so and so mentioned on X and it always in parentheses says formally no, like formally yeah. Twitter? <laughs> like who on the internet is like, what is this X that people are talking about? Well, I see it so much and now I'm wondering, is that the like like the name of it? Like legally? X, formerly Twitter? <laughs> Like, will Elon eventually drop the formerly Twitter? But for now, I, got, I, don't I, I think it's just X. I think that journalists are just like, no one's going to know what X is. Or maybe this is just people on the internet caring, because, you know, Twitter's a cult. So people on the internet caring way too much about Twitter and having to be like, here's my revenge against them renaming the platform. Is, is Bruce Brown making $22 million? Yeah, they paid him a lot. What the fuck are they doing? <laughs> I love Bruce Brown. At $22 million, I could live to not have Bruce Brown. You got to overpay to get people into Midwest yeah. markets. It's also, as you mentioned, I think a couple weeks ago, it's the, I just want to ring tax. So yeah. All right. Uh, over under, by the way, for the Pacers, 39 and a half. That seems like an over bet. I don't remember this if I picked that or not. That seems like an over bet to me. I think, I think I did. I don't know. I posted, I have a, the image I posted on Twitter. We can yeah, always yeah, go yeah. fish that up, but whatever. You mean X formerly Twitter? Yes. X formerly Twitter. You ever watch X versus Sever? Anyways, um, my pick? Yep, pick number my four. fourth round pick, my number three team on my draft board, the Milwaukee Bucks. I was, I was watching to see if you made a face there. 58 and 24 last season, 116.9 points per game, 100.5 pace. Oh. You gotta watch this team for the shiny new toy, brother. What's up? They're my fifth-ranked team. Okay. You gotta watch this team for the shiny new toy. Big... My microphone ran away from me. Big off-season trade for Dame the Game Lillard. Early season is gonna be a must-watch just to see what 
it's going to look like with Dame as the second guy on a team. Got to see what this, this screen and roll game is going to look like. Brooke Lopez, one of the most efficient players in the pick and roll in the NBA. Chris Middleton and, uh, and Brooke Lopez, like I just mentioned, still on the team. They lost Holiday, so their defense is going to decrease. But that only stands to increase their watchability because they're going to have to go from 100.5 pace to like 103, 104 pace to, because they're going to have to keep up with the scoring other teams are going to put up now. They were used to winning games like 113 to 109. That's not going to be a possibility anymore. They're going to have to be scoring 115, 116, 117 points a night after losing Holiday. I don't love the depth on this team. You know, they lost some players in that that Dame trade that I liked. I liked Grayson Allen as as a depth piece. Obviously, Drew Holiday. But adding Dame Lillard, if Dame Lillard is scoring 20, 22 points a night, this this team might be an outrageous offensive team. Also, 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 new head coach. First thing, I, I think we can both agree. Giannis is the best player Dame's ever played with on the same team, correct? Eh, CJ McCollum. Stop it. Here's my next question. Is Brooke Lopez the best center that Dame's ever had? Yusuf Nurkic? Yeah, is Brooke Lopez? He's probably, he's probably okay. the best uh, who's that guy they traded in New Orleans? That'd be like the second best. That guy? <laughs> that really bad guy? <laughs> yeah. I can't remember now that you, you speak of this. Um, see, I, I disagree. One of my points I wrote down is I think no one talks about it, but I still like the depth on this team. Okay. I <laughs> I saw it'd be funny if we just ended that point there. I didn't respond. And you said, okay. Um, I like me some campaign, some Bobby Portis, I some do like Pat, it. Pat Sneakily Athletic Connaughton. Went to a great college, University of Notre Dame. Pat, Malik Pat, Beasley, white guy, white guy can't jump. Connaughton. Yes, Malik Beasley. That's a nice depth piece. I think because Giannis and obviously now Dame are such big stars, people just think of this team as wow, look at that, and then like, oh yeah, Brooke Lopez too, awesome. Um, compared to, I feel people look at Boston as this great, well-rounded team. They got a little bit of everything. Bucks are a better team. Bucks are beating Boston. I'm putting it down right now. I don't think the Kristaps is great. They don't have, I don't think they have a Giannis counter, especially now that Giannis has such like a lethal shooter on the outside as Dame. I mean, I know we're not really supposed to be talking about like predictions. That's not really the point of this was, but I just looking at this roster, I was surprised. Yeah. At what, you, some of the stuff I've been hearing. You, you can kind of run like a five out or four out with this team now. Like if you get like Dame Middleton, Beasley, Giannis, and I, I don't know, Jay Crowder or Brooke Lopez in the corner. You could just have the paint completely open, and then you have Giannis fucking Atentacumpo going one on one into the paint. And and who's winning that? Like, how many guys in the league are going to win that battle? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a few guys that could do well. Like, I think that um, like Gobert. Gobert, AD, could probably mm -hmm. do pretty well, but no one's winning that game over the course of 48 minutes. Yeah, so I think it'll be interesting to see with Giannis, it's either going to be a very weird transition for Dame, or I think this is going to unlock something. And even in his, what, early 30s now? Is he like 33, 34? Yeah, something like that. He's going to have one of his best seasons ever. 
Yeah, to, uh, to counter that, not only is this the best player that Dame has ever played with, it's also the best player Giannis has ever played with. And yes. the NBA has increasingly become who are your top two guys and then who's your depth in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And the top two easily right now goes to Dame and Giannis. Yeah, I, I credit LeBron with that. Like people thought LeBron was all about the big three, but really it was, no, I'm about having a big two. And then that guy you think is the number three, he's actually just like that really good other guy we have. You know, it was you like, wait, LeBron's all about big twos. Is that a euphemism? No, just asking. Uh, you think that okay. you think LeBron really cares about having a big number two? I, th- <laughs> I think he cares about having another superstar next to him and take some of the weight off. And it's never been about a big three. It's like LeBron, Wade. Oh, yeah. And then um, Ray Allen. No, oh, Ray Allen was there. Um, Birdman. I could see his face. Because it's a very dis- he has a very distinct look, heart condition man. That's what ended his career, right? Kevin Love, I hate you so much, but there you go. It's LeBron, it's Kyrie. Oh yeah, Kevin Love's out there. He's he's that, a hell you know of what's a funny? Speech. That team is supposed to be LeBron and Kevin Love, and oh yeah, Kyrie's out there. It totally flipped because Kyrie's was that guy. Unfortunately, now sometimes he can be that guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Chris Bosh, by the way, was the name you were looking for. Thank you. Oh my god, that's driving me insane. But anyway, I went off on more tangents. Anything else on the uh, Buckaroonies? Milwaukee Bucks? Mm-hmm. No. Uh, you know, Malik Beasley, I think, will, will fit in really nicely in this team. They just always need shooters. So, yeah. Getting Malik Beasley. But here's, here's the thing Malik Beasley, he's a volume shooter. You know, he gets better the more he shoots. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> All right, Mike, your fifth and final pick. Oh, my God. So I'm left with a bunch of people on my big board, but I don't like love any of them. <laughs> but I could take them. All right, down to two. You know what? I'll, I'll just go ahead and do it. The Orlando Magic. Yeah, that was my next one, too. Shit. Yeah, they were my number four ranked team. Really? Yeah. I had them at eight. I had them four, obviously. My top three were OKC, Lakers, and then Pacers. Uh, Palo, year two. The Wagners. Your list is so goddamn weird. I'm coming straight from the underground, all right? I got the hipster you list. Had, you had the Pacers, number three. <laughs> you only want to know who I have, number six. It was the, the Utah Knicks? Jazz. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Pal year two, the Wagners. For some reason, I'm a mark for uh, Wendell Carter. I don't know why. I can't explain it. I don't know what it is. I'm just a mark for Wendell Carter. Uh, maybe it's like the T-Wolves thing. He's just a big, lengthy dude. <laughs> I just don't get it. And you They're call adding... me the size queen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, two more lottery picks joining the squad and Anthony Black and Jet Howard. Dope name to go with Palo. It's, it's just, it's simple. It's a really fun young team. I don't know how many games they're going to win. I think if they get really hot, we could see them sneak into the play-in because I don't think the East is super strong. I'll go ahead and throw that out there as well. Yeah, it's, just, it's, a, fun, it's a fun young team with arguably... Palo's what top three most entertaining, like most exciting young players to watch. Top five for sure. About it more. Okay. Top six and a half. Okay. Uh, yeah, Magic thirty four and forty eight last season. One hundred and eleven point four points per game, which put them twenty six. Ninety nine point three pace, which put them thirteenth. Palo missed a chunk of games though, and the team's offense kind of floundered during that period of time. They are. 
far from contenders right now, but that's okay. Yeah. A team to be enjoyable on League Pass doesn't have to be a contender. They were the first team I watched on League Pass last year, by the way. Paolo Bencaro had a, he's another guy with a big FIBA World Cup run. Um, him and Bobby Portis and Anthony Edwards. Mm-hmm. Bobby Portis one was a joke. Uh, he <laughs> ran away with Rookie of the Year. Averaged uh, 26 and 3 as a rookie, plus 5,000 for most improved. That's kind of a sneaky good bet. Kind of a sneaky, sneaky good, good bet. bet. I don't know like sneaky. if he That's averages 28 points a game, right? Yeah. And the team goes from winning 34 to 41 games. He, there's a world in which Palo is winning most improved. I would also probably put him in the play-in, like in my scenario. 41, for sure. Yeah, 41 would put you in the play-in in the East. Pretty fun, young core, with Palo, Franz, Anthony Black, Markel Fultz, Wendell Carter, Mo Wagner. J- Jalen Suggs. <laughs> Jalen Suggs. <laughs> I'm, I'm up and down Suggs. I watched Suggs hit a game-winning three in Chicago against the Bulls that I have never heard the United Center quieter. I watched CM Punk debut collision at the United Center, and there was more noise during his promo than after Suggs hit a game-winning three against the Bulls. Is it because everybody was shocked it was Jalen Suggs that hit it? Everyone, like, it it just (laughs) because the Magic went way up by, like, 21-22, and the Bulls stormed back into the game and were up with, like, less than three seconds left. And then Jalen Suggs hits a three to, to win the game. It was ridiculous. Packed, packed United Center for that game, too. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I, it's a good pick. I like this team. I had them on eight, eighth on my list. Um, I easily could have had them higher. Like, I, I could have seen them up, like, in my OKC range uh, at, at, like, five, six, that range. But just couple teams I, I want to watch a little bit more than them early in the season. Um, I like this, this Orlando Magic team a lot, though. Ready for the final pick of the inaugural Basky Talent Alone League Pass Extravaganza Watchability Draft. Yes, time for Team Irrelevant. Team Irrelevant, which is ironic because, Mike, they actually had the first pick in the draft this year. The San Antonio Spurs. Last season, 22 and 60, 113 points per game, which put them at 23rd. Oddly enough, Mike, 101.6 pace, fastest in the league. Hmm. This is the easiest argument to make for a league pass team on the entire board. It's Victor Wimbayama. This guy is supposedly a generational prospect. First overall pick, seven foot four, shoots threes, handles the ball, all defensive caliber player, minus 135 odds. I don't know why I said like this. Minus 135 for rookie of the year, which if you uh, recall devotees of the podcast, I previously gave out that you should bet that when it was still plus money, and I was right. Yes. Worth mentioning, we're going to probably get a big Devin Vassell year four. He's probably going to be their second best player since they got rid of Jakob Podol last last year. Averaged 18-3-3, plus 5,000 for most improved. That's another guy I like for a most improved bet. This team probably won't win 35 games, and it probably will have another high draft pick next year, but you gotta be there to watch the Wimby rookie campaign. It's kind of similar. The rest of the team isn't as bad as the Spurs, but it's somewhat similar to watching the Blackhawks this year. Bedard comes on the ice, and you're like, oh, awesome. And then he leaves the ice, and you're like, all right, back to what I was doing on my phone. 
you'll have longer stretches with uh, Webinyama, obviously, with how basketball works. But anytime he takes a seat on the bench, it'll be like, all right, I got to go flip the laundry. <laughs> yeah. This is why you need you need to get the multi-screen league pass package. Yes. You got you got the big TV, Spurs game on. Got to watch that. All right, Wimbayama's on the bench. Let me see what's going on in the Chicago plus nine and a half that I bet. Yes. You got any Spurs thoughts, Mike? Any Devin Vassell takes? No, it's Greg really Popovich much. takes? No. You got any a... XFL takes? I don't have any XFL takes. Can I read you? <laughs> I didn't pick them, but every time I... I just to say, every time I look at the Utah Jazz roster, I laugh. Okay. It's just... Colin Sexton, Jordan Clarkson, Taylor Hort- Horton Tucker, John Collins, Laurie Markin, and, and then Walker Kessler. But those first like five guys I named, it's it's just funny to me. Like this, like I I labeled them a kit bash squad. Like they just put all these like number twos on a team. And I also said we get to see who will get traded, so the Jazz don't end up a sub five a sub five hundred play in team. Because <laughs> like that. They have three rookies that were drafted in the first round of this last year's draft on this team. It's such a weird team. I don't know. It's been very I wonder how many of those were Timberwolves picks. I don't know. Taylor. Oh, yeah. They took Taylor Kendricks, uh, Keontae George, and Bryce Sensaba. Yeah, I like Keontae George. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually drafted all 10 of my teams. Oh, wow. I think, right? Uh, Pacers, Spurs, Magic, Timberwolves, Suns, Thunder, Lakers, Bucks. Golden State, Denver. We got all ten of those. Yeah, I um, I got my top four, and then I dropped down a couple notches to get my T Wolves. I got my T Wolves. Yeah. I got my top three, and uh, two of my bottom three. Ironically, um. So just to recap here, I'll post this graphic on social just so that we have a record of it. But Mike, you walk away with the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Los Angeles yep. Lakers, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Indiana Pacers, and the Orlando Magic. And I walk away with the Denver Nuggets, Golden State Warriors, Phoenix Suns, Milwaukee Bucks, and the San Antonio Spurs. Happy with your draft? I am ecstatic, but you can tell that you went for teams to watch the top dogs dominate. And I was like, let's watch the fucking weird ones, eh? <laughs> You sniped a couple of my weird ones from me that I, I really did want to get. I wanted to get OKC, and I wanted to get uh, Orlando. So you definitely yep. sniped those from me. Like, my only, my only completely out-of-the-question non-contender is the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, they were like, you know what? One team I had, like, number 10, I didn't want to take them, but I was going to if I had to, was the Mavs solely off my priors from when we did the future pod. <laughs> Because I talked them up so much, but I really don't think they're a great league pass team. Yeah, I don't want to watch the Mavs. I don't want to watch the Mavs. I don't really want to watch the Celtics. Like, I'm at least curious to watch the KP stuff. Mm-hmm. And I very much don't want to watch Atlanta. I wish I could have considered the Pelicans, but they're only watchable if Zion comes back and is what we thought Zion would be. Yeah. And we have no idea. So Memphis will be watchable later in the season. But early, it's just like... Boy, I hope you really like watching Desmond Bain shoot. You're not tuning in to watch some Scoot over in Portland? So I think the Portland team is going to be a lot like the Rockets team last year. It's going to be way too much. Your turn, my turn. Which I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch a guy in ISO while four other players clear out. And it's going to be that with like Shane Sharp and Scoot Henderson and Anthony Simons. It's going to be a lot of guys who are like, 
All right, it's my turn to play basketball now, and the next position will be your turn to play basketball. Yeah. How far in the season do you think we get before, you know, they have to trade Anthony because he's being a big ball hog? Seven games. Seven games? <laughs> it's going to take 50% of the shots every night. All right, Mike, any, any final thoughts on either basketball or hockey? Anything we didn't touch on that you think is important to the good of the leagues? Sabres fans, calm down. Everything's going to be all right. With that, thank you for tuning in to the inaugural episode of the Basky Podcast. We'll be back next week with two topics that I have not figured out yet. Besides that, if you're a football fan, be sure to check out Team Talent Alone. And on Saturday, those are our pro football and college football weekly articles, respectively. We're still trying to figure out what our NHL content is going to look like for the season. We've thrown back and forth some ideas, nothing that I've loved so far. But for sure, we'll have the League Pass power rankings up, updated weekly with, uh, with little blurbs here and there. Check out our Monday and Friday Talent Alone football podcasts, which are the review and the look ahead for each week. And uh, keep an eye out for whatever random fucking content we put out there. I know we got some wrestling pay-per-views coming up before too long. And we always, we always love to do some coverage on those. Uh, yeah, check out our Twitter timeline. Posting, posting clips from podcasts and other social things on there. If you've listened to this, you probably already kind of know what I'm going to post. I would say shout-outs to Big Cock Fox, but this is a different podcast, brother. We got to find a different outro. I'm trying to think of a clever nickname for a basketball player. And just like Allen Iverson, <laughs> that was the answer.